Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us for Horse Sense Street Smart Investing, the podcast. I'm Ron Corning, and um, I have the honor of minding the store today, I guess, or at least facilitating this discussion in the absence of the Hodges brothers. Alan Ebright is here. He's marketing director for Hodges Capital Management, and Eric Marshall, who has many titles here, but for the sake of our discussion today, he will draw on his experience as the head of the research department. Hey, guys, good to see you. Good to see you. Good to be here. All right, Alan, here's the topic for today. How do you feel about this one? How not to panic in a correction. So my first question for you is when you have a down day in the markets, and we've had a couple of triple digit down days as of late, how do we know it's not a correction? How do we know not to panic? Well, that, that seems to always be the $64,000 question. And, and you do get some clients calling in from time to time. But you, know, you have to remember, one day a week of a down market doesn't make a trend. Um, I think in most years, there's one to two corrections on average. It can be anywhere from 5 to 15, maybe even 20%. So you know, when you see days like this, there's really no reason to have any sort of, of over-emotional reaction to what's going on. It's just a way or a reason to be more grounded. Well, aren't we also today trying to convey to people that there's never a reason to panic? There might be a reason to rethink. There might be a reason to pivot or make a correction. That word pivot I know is overused. So Eric, I want to turn to you because Alan says a day a trend does not make. We've heard that a lot, but you're, you're in the trenches you're looking at the research, you're drawing on developments that are happening in so many different areas of our world that might influence what the stock market does. Um, how do you know when a correction is underway? Not the panic part, we can address that in a moment, but how do you know when a correction is underway? Well, I, I think that, you know, to Alan's point, the markets are going to have corrections. Corrections are a healthy part of the price discovery that occurs in the market. And I think the important thing from an investor standpoint, in order to really take advantage of those pullbacks by knowing what you own, and that's where, you know, knowing the underlying investments that you own, understanding why you own them is a very important process of investing here at Hodges. Yeah. And doesn't that, Alan, speak to what Hodges has developed by putting together portfolios that include specific stocks as opposed to a fund that might include up to 100, for example? We've talked about that in past podcasts, that they have a better understanding or a sense of what's in a particular portfolio. So if one sector is experiencing a change, isn't it easier to make a correction if the market's correcting? Absolutely. And that's that's the beauty of working with an organization like ours. You've got this dedicated team of analysts that are looking at, at different stocks and different industries eight, nine hours a day, every day. And they understand the underlying assets of each company. Uh, they understand the earnings projections and, and then can figure out the, the most opportune times to either add to a position or when things start moving much, much higher, time to maybe sell all or part of a position. Uh, yeah. that's, that's the value add. So Eric, I'm curious to know, because again, you, you do fulfill a number of roles here. Not only do you research, but you also invest. And when those two roles intersect, one sort of influences the other. If you see that the research on a particular company or in a particular sector um, is raising some red flags. Do you also make the decision or convey to others in the company, okay, it might be time for us to take a closer look at this? 
absolutely. And, you know, I've, I joined the, uh, the research uh, team here at Hodges in 1997. So I can tell you, that's 24 years. The process hasn't really changed a whole lot. Mm-hmm. You know, we spend all of our time really digging in, looking at what's going on with the underlying companies within our portfolios. And when we see changes, when we see the fundamentals change, our investment philosophy changes. Mm-hmm. And that involves a very involved process where, you know, we have analysts that made over 2,000 company touches last year across a thousand different publicly traded companies. And that means going out and visiting with the, the underlying businesses that we're investing in, talking to the management teams, also talking to you know, vendors, suppliers, customers, different industry participants, even competitors in many cases, to really figure out what's going on in the business and then take all that information and decide whether or not we want to be invested in a particular stock at any given time. So inevitably, though, someone will call with a freak out moment. Let's say they're heavily invested in a sector that takes a turn. Like I'm thinking... I guess going back as far as was it the spring of 2000 or 2001 with the dot-com crash, for example, if there were people heavily invested in that sector and it began to literally crash, how can they not, to some degree, panic? I'm thinking also of 08 when some triple A rated banks, for example, bank stocks um, also took a turn that was unexpected and that defied um, convention. People call you panicking. Do you talk them off a ledge? Do you convince them it's going to be okay when maybe you don't know if it's going to be okay? How do you deal literally with the human reaction of panic? Well, I'll, I'll let Alan talk uh, talk you off the ledge. But at the end of the day, just just I think the most important thing that people should take comfort in when you're going through that market turbulence is that's really when the greatest opportunities present themselves. You know, uh, Don Hodges used to always say, you know, you make all your money in bear markets. You just don't realize it at the time. Hmm. So usually when markets do become volatile and you have that those turbulent days when the market is down, that's when knowing the underlying value of the things that you own, it comes in to be very important. And that's... Uh, that's when we'll take advantage of those type of periods and go in and uh, look for bargains in the market mm-hmm. and really understanding the underlying fundamentals. You know, we, we always talk about in the research uh, department that, you know, profit or loss in any stock is a function of reality minus perception. So we spend a lot of time understanding the f- underlying fundamentals of a company, Mm -hmm. how much revenue and earnings and cash flow that they're generating, but then also understanding the market's perception of that reality is really key to whether or not you're going to make money in an individual stock or not, because the best company in the world may not be a great investment if everyone already thinks it's the best company in the world. It may be fully priced to perfection. And often when you have those big down periods in the market, Mm -hmm. same thing. It may not, you know, all the negatives may already be priced in and understanding the underlying fundamentals really plays an important role in that. Are you saying in some respect there are companies that aren't 
priced to their actual value. In other words, they're undervalued, underappreciated, or for whatever reason, they haven't drawn the kind of interest that brings the price up. And a downturn might be an opportunity to kind of look more closely at a company like that? Well, there, there's no question. I mean, the, the fact that stock prices move around like they do every day tells you they're not perfectly priced, that there right. are human emotions that dictate that perception part of that equation. And really understanding, taking the time to do the type of research that we do at Hodges really has been key to our success. It's really been the lifeblood of driving performance over long periods of time. Well, isn't that the point too, Alan, of this podcast? It's sort of, it's it's two-prong really. We want the person who's investing on their own to understand some of the fundamentals of investing a little better so that they don't panic, right? Correct. And I feel like Eric's saying the longer you're in the market, the more you understand that some level of volatility is just part of the process, even as a company increases in value. But the other side of this is we want people to know there comes a time when maybe they don't want to go it alone because there are ways in which you all research companies, research funds, that the average person just can't do alone to have a full understanding of where their money is. Sure. I mean, that, that's a fair statement. And, and if you go back, you know, 20 plus years ago, the, the deck was really stacked against the individual investor. Institutional class investors had the information edge. They got their news feeds were even 15 minutes faster than what the average investor could get. The, the playing field's become much more level now, but still people that have spent 10, 20 years doing actual fundamental research on companies, they know a thing or two. Right. And and that really helps when you get in dicey market situations. And as, as far as the handholding or talking people off the proverbial ledge that goes on during these big downturns, remember, everybody that comes here is going to have some sort of investment plan and trajectory for that plan. There might be people that come here that are still young and saving, and they're gonna take advantage of those downturns to put more money to work to grow it over a longer period of time. If you take somebody who's a retiree as a client, they might have substantial cash reserves that they can pull from to help them out in retirement during a market downturn where you don't really have to touch the portfolio. Interesting. Right? I mean, that's the, the worst thing you could ever do is go into one of those down 30, down 40% type of bear markets and start having to fire sale stocks. Well, what is it? You only lose if you sell. That's one quote. I don't know if it's in Don Hodge's book on which this podcast is based, Horse Sense Street Smarts. Um, but the other one is panic never wins. In other words, if you panic and you sell when something's down, you clearly have just lost. You haven't gained anything by holding out and seeing if it comes back. Eric, I'm curious to know from a research perspective. I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. This is sort of an emerging theme in this series of podcasts, and that is talking about the influence of the day trader. There are millions of people, many of them are young people, who are putting a lot of money into the market, who 10 years ago were not putting that money into the market. Some of them are putting it in on the hopes of making money in a short amount of time. So you're seeing small companies, penny stock companies with huge, huge volume. You're seeing even large companies, GameStop and, and uh, GameStop rather, and AMC also seeing hugely inflated stock prices, far, far more than what analysts are saying the fundamentals might allow. Has that changed how you look at your research? Does it temper that a little bit? Do you look at it and say, here's an anomaly, 
This is driven by the day trader. How has it changed your job? Well, Ron, I think it, it factors into how we understand the market psychology around any given investment. And we, we definitely want to take those type of things into consideration. But I think that there's a really big difference between, um, uh, you know, people that day trade, that are jumping in and out of stocks and people that are investors. Right now, we kind of have three different markets. You have a market of uh, big cap tech stocks uh, that uh, are, you know, ultra growth companies right now that trade at pretty high valuations, but are relatively reasonable relative to their growth. Mm -hmm. And then you have these uh, stocks that are more the meme stocks, like the, the game stops and things that trade well beyond their fundamentals. And then you have everything else out there. And I think within the uh, everything else market, there really are opportunities to go out and understand the underlying value that whenever you buy a stock, you're buying a piece of a business. Mm -hmm. And our question for our portfolio managers is really, what is that business worth? What am I willing to pay for it? And our investment team, our analysts actually... When, after they go out and they do all this research on these companies, they actually put this in writing. So, you know, they they develop an investment thesis. We always say, uh, read to learn, write to think. Mm -hmm. And by having it down in writing, it makes us as managers intellectually honest with ourselves. So when the facts change, our thesis will change. And we're going to, you know, think about owning a stock like owning a business. I'm and wondering I'm if wondering, you owned an individual business, you wouldn't want to buy or sell it in a in any given one week to the next. Right, you know? right. You'd want you'd want that stock to hold as long as you know your company's doing well and there's potential for more value. I'm wondering though if you've honed in let's say on a company and you like it, the fundamentals are there, you believe long term it's got potential for growth, et cetera. Everything's aligning for you to advise clients on it. And a day comes or a week comes where all of a sudden you see this incredible spike in its price, an incredible spike in the volume. In this new era in which we live, have you thought to yourself, okay, are, is, is this becoming a meme stock? Is there somebody on Reddit who's boosting this? Is this gaining traction among day traders? Have you had any moments like that at all? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think in this environment, when the perception's better than the fundamentals, it's time to sell the stock. Mm. And I think, you know, knowing what you own, having that rationale written down, having done the uh, individual research on the companies and understanding the value of what we own really comes into play in those type of environments where you do have periods of volatility where mm -hmm. stocks go up sometimes for no good reason, and they go down sometimes for no good reason. Yeah. I wonder if, <laughs> do you panic vicariously for other people when you look at something and you think, gosh, I hope there's not a young person who just sunk 5,000 in that because it just went up 50% yesterday and dropped 80% today. Well, you know, every, most of us here lived through the dot-com bubble in the, in the, the, and the, the 08 crash. 1990, yeah, in the yeah. late 90s. And, uh, you know, th those things happen and markets will be irrational from time to time. And that's really why you want to hire a professional portfolio manager to help you navigate through a lot of that market noise. Yeah. Is it true, Alan? I don't know if it happens here, 
But is it true that in some cases, advisors work with clients and make them sign an agreement that they will not panic? I, I've heard of that. Um, I, you know, I, I think in maybe any sort of big downdraft, all that could go out the window. Um, but an advisor's job is to be, uh, you know, like a, a financial therapist, in other words, and play Took the this, words from my mouth. Yeah. yeah play this, this investing, um, uh, this investing game, so to speak in an unemotional way mm -hmm. and having professionals, like Eric and his team of analysts, they are taking an unemotional approach to investing. And that really comes into play when markets get dicey. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's where you add value for your clients. And that's the challenge for people who are watching here today who may have had those moments of panic to have heard you today and hope that they begin to settle into a different mindset that they can't be emotional. This is transactional. I think we've said it before. You can fall in love with a stock. It won't necessarily love you back. So guys, thank you so much. Eric Marshall, appreciate it again with the research department here at Hodges Capital Management and Alan Ebright in marketing as well with the firm. And of course, we hope to see you soon back here with the Hodges Brothers. I'm Ron Corning. We'll see you next time. Hodges Capital Management Incorporated, HCM, is an investment advisory firm registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC, is a wholly owned subsidiary of Hodges Capital Holdings and serves as investment advisor to the Hodges Funds. HCM is affiliated with First Dallas Securities Incorporated, a broker, dealer, and investment advisor registered with the SEC. This discussion is not intended to be a forecast of future events and should not be considered a recommendation to buy or sell any security. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Investing involves risk. Principal loss is possible. Investing in smaller companies involves additional risk, such as limited liquidity and greater volatility. No current or prospective client should assume that information referenced in this communication is a recommendation to buy or sell any security or is a substitute for personalized investment advice from your individual advisor. HCM does not provide tax or legal advice. Consult your tax or legal advisor for any related questions. All information referenced herein is from sources believed to be reliable and is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. This material was created for informational purposes only, and the opinions expressed are solely those of HCM. HCM shall not in any way be liable for claims and makes no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced and are subject to change without notice.